Welcome to the Green Up Possibilities podcast, empowering you with information about what is possible, improbable, and nearly impossible with money. Brought to you by Green Up Wealth Management. Hello, and welcome to the Green Up Possibilities podcast. My name is Tony Schmidt. I am the president and CEO at Green Up Wealth Management. The holiday season is here. End of the year holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, all revolve around family, friends, and food, and then probably a little more food. As a result, we have a special guest, our return guest with us today, my good friend, Jeremy Mullins. Jeremy is a performance dietitian, collegiate professor around the topic of nutrition, and National Guard, where he focuses on health and nutrition. Jeremy, I don't know if there's anything you're not doing with nutrition in the space. Welcome. Listen, I've learned to stay in my lane, right? If I stay in my lane, I can do many things. First of all, thanks for having me back on. I feel grateful and thankful that I get invited to podcasts. And when I get invited back, it makes me feel even better, right? But I used to joke that I was a retired college professor because I, I taught college for a few years and kind of moved on to do entrepreneurial stuff. And I had the opportunity this last semester to get back into teaching. So I'm doing um, some remote education for Maryville University. And I'm enjoying getting back into that perspective, right? Teaching in the collegiate setting. It's, um, it's a little different clientele than I'm used to, but it's good. Well, being one of your students through a corporate wellness program with your employer, First Form, I feel like I've been a student of yours for some time now. So it's nice to see you sharing it with that younger generation of yep. it as well. That is the big gap, right? Both of us are middle-aged. We have the same struggles in life and we can relate, right? I think that's the biggest thing that I'm having to do is adjust a little bit to remember that these are 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Sure. And you know, the reality is their problems are the same. It's just different levels, right? Their problems could be relationship problems. It could be financial problems. Like It could be health problems. They're the same. They're just at a different level, right? And I have to remember that. Me as an 18, 19 year old college student, I didn't have the perspective that I have now at 43 year old me. And, and that's been something I just had to, to adjust to, but I'm enjoying it. And the process is awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to go back to when I was an 18, 19 year old college student. That definitely wouldn't be on topic with nutrition. That's for sure. And having a 19 year old at Mizzou right now, let's just say. As much as he tries to work out, I don't know if nutrition is his primary focus either. Well, and, and I know you guys, I know what you do for a living and the listeners listen to this. I know that I say, don't make this mistake. Like I graduated college. I remember I bought my first car that I bought for myself. It was a 350Z. The payment was $625. I can tell you exactly what it was because I remember I paid that for seven years. And I look back at it. I'm like, you know what? I probably should put that $600 in for a round. So there's my financial wellness tip for the day. There we go. That's a good start. So let's dive in a little bit here. Like I mentioned earlier, the holidays are amongst us. And as great as they are, we get to spend fantastic time with friends and family, really our deepest and greatest loved ones. But there's usually one center of focus, and that is around food. So Jeremy, how can we maintain a balanced and healthy diet while still enjoying holiday meals? I think traditions is what gets us stuck in what we think that we have to do on holidays, right? And, and what I bring you out to is let's let's put this in, in an example of a vacation. When we go on vacation, the reason a lot of us struggle in vacations when it comes to food and wellness is because growing up, when we took a vacation, you ate vacation things. You did vacation things, right? So almost when we travel, 
right? Especially if you didn't travel a lot growing up and the only time you traveled was for your vacations. Did you expect and have that built in, even though you're not aware of it, that, okay, I'm traveling, I need to eat like I'm on vacation, right? Right. Versus looking at it as, you know what? No, I travel now. We both travel as part of our job. So we get to look at it as, okay, we're traveling, but this is just another day, right? So I think that's a concept that we should really think about going into the holiday season is yes, it's the holiday season, but the days shouldn't change, right? It's still just another day. Now, specifically at that, you asked the question about how do we maintain and still eat good while still enjoying the holidays and treats? What I would recommend for most people is, hey, really try to make it about the day, right? Make it about the one meal that you have, make it about the family, but leave it at that, right? Mm-hmm. We'll start at Thanksgiving and, and think about it, right? And I understand maybe we've got some mixed families where you're, you're doing two Thanksgiving dinners and, sure. and I get that, but really look at it as like, okay, maybe you've got some time off, right? Unless you're traveling and you have to drive, you know, to family, but maybe you got a little bit of extra time in the schedule. So what I would say is, hey, go move your body a little bit more. Let's create a little bit more of a calorie burn that day. And you've heard people say this, earn your booze or earn your food. I'm not punishing people by saying move a little bit more, right? But let's just get out and move a little bit more. Let's create a little bit more of a calorie expenditure by moving. And then the way that I tell all my clients is enjoy the day, have what you want to just get right back on track. And I think that's the key. Okay. So if you really break down the next few months and I'll throw Halloween in there because Halloween needs it. You know, it's a holiday, right? Sure. You know, I'm going to have some cookies and some Reese uh, peanut butter, something with my kids. But those are going to be four days. Okay. Halloween. Boom. It's going to be Thanksgiving. Yep. It's going to be, usually for us, it's Christmas Day, not necessarily Christmas Eve. It's mm-hmm. Christmas Day that the, the dinner is there. And then New Year's Eve. Those are going to be my four days. So I look at it as, okay, those are the four days. I'm going to enjoy what I want to during that time. And then I am going to be right back on track the next day. I'm not going to let those days bleed into multiple days or, or a week. Yeah, that's a lot of good info. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's say you get up and you eat that huge plate of turkey, mashed potatoes, you know, hopefully not too huge. Yeah. But getting up, walking a little bit instead of laying down and taking a nap, yeah. I would think that would be a big help as well. Oh, 100%. Geeking out and going to like, okay, walking post-workout lowers your post-perennial blood glucose levels, right? So, and we've all got that. We have that, especially, you know, you think about Thanksgiving, right? We talk about turkey and tryptophan and we're right. tired after. I would argue sometimes, yes, it's the tryptophan and the turkey, but I'd also argue sometimes it's just the amount of food that we just consumed, right? I wouldn't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> but just getting up and, and, and I think that's a good strategy if we started looking at what are some strategies that we could do during the holiday season to maybe stave off the weight gain, right? Because I think, I mean, here's the reality for a lot of us. If we maintain over the next quarter, you're winning, right? If you look back, Absolutely. At, if you look back at your history, yep. or you look back at the average American history, the average weight gain during the holiday season, people are gaining weight. So if you can maintain the holidays, you're winning. Keep that in mind. Just stay within arm's reach, right? Correct. Like if you usually gain five to eight yeah. pounds over the holidays and you can come out of this holiday season gaining, then, then you're ahead of the curve. So yeah, doing a 15, 20 minute walk after having that big quote Thanksgiving dinner or the Christmas dinner, go for a walk after because you already got active early that morning because you got extra time. You do a little bit of walk after that dinner. That will help out tremendously. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense, Jeremy. Let's talk about the meals themselves. Catch okay. just a minute. Are there any specific strategies or tips for portion control while you're at these gatherings? Is there any rule of thumb? Well, I think it just depends on like what your goals are, right? So if, let's say you're still trying to do well during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Then my mind comes to, okay, 
Thanksgiving to me is easy, right? Because you have turkey, yeah. you have ham, you have those primary protein sources there. There's generally vegetables, right? So you can still load your plate up on meat and veggies, right? And then maybe indulge, okay, I, I'm doing quotations here, indulge or have a little bit of what you normally don't have. Maybe it's your mom's casserole. Maybe it's your grandmother's pumpkin pie. Maybe it's something that you really want, right? Because mashed potatoes, unless you really like mashed potatoes, you can have those almost any time you want to. Of course. But grandma's pumpkin pie, I only get at Thanksgiving, right? There you go. So that's where I would say, you know, hey, that's where you could stay on track, right? Or, you know, if you look at it from the standpoint of you enjoy having some of that other stuff, maybe you don't load up on your veggies, right, to fill up your plate. Maybe you have a little bit of the, all the stuff that you want to taste with it, right? And enjoy it. That's how I would say, you know, really look at it. And I wouldn't go back for that second plate, right? right? And I think sometimes that just comes tradition because we just enjoy those foods so much. I wouldn't go back for that, okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with you want to, once again, maybe prepare a second plate to have later on in the day. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. But I think that's how yeah. we kind of manage that. But if you want to stay on track, Definitely lean into the veggies and the protein sources that you can have at those meals. Yeah, there's some great points there. And I think when you talk about it, if I'm looking at my nutrition, okay, I'm going to eat turkey. You know, turkey right. sandwich or something for lunch with a wrap or something like that. Yep. And so that is something that I'm eating on a regular anyways. Vegetables, you know, my continued battle with yep. vegetables, but I could force some of those in. So I think that makes sense. And good news for me, I don't like pumpkin pie. So... That's an easy one. Stress about it, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy one. So, Jeremy, if someone wanted to maybe substitute some things, or let's assume for a second I was going to host um, Thanksgiving and I wanted to prepare some healthier alternatives, what are some healthy alternatives that maybe you could put on that Thanksgiving dinner menu or Christmas or Hanukkah menu as well? Once again, it comes down to what are your goals, right? Because maybe. You know, the listeners out there and, and you've done really well. You've lost 60 pounds since spring this year. You're really into it. You have that goal of losing 80 pounds by the end of the year. So you've got this specific goal and you want to stay on track, right? Well, most of us, unless maybe you got a new relationship or you're going somewhere new sure. for the holidays, you kind of know what's going to be there, yep. right? And if there's not some of those healthier options, you could bring that. Right. So you could make, yeah, you could make some Brussels sprouts with some, you know, maybe bacon and, and, and craisins in it, right? Where you control what you put in that. And you know that, okay, there's an extra vegetable source that I can consume. I know I can have the turkey. I know that I can have, you know, the broccoli casserole. Then I know I can have this veggie source. So what I would do is I would try to bring something to the event that you know would be a little bit lower calorie. Okay. On the dessert side of it, I would say you could lean towards your fruits. Right. Make okay. a big fruit bowl. Have that fruit being part of the dessert. Because then once again, you still get that sweetness in there. Ah. You can still work in a small amount. If we're just using pumpkin pie as an example or pumpkin roll or, or pecan pie. I'm trying mm-hmm. to throw out different sure. examples that would be there. You could still have a small amount of that. But then once again, have a, a cup of fruit. That is going to satisfy that dessert taste for you. But prevent you from kind of over consuming you know, those calories. I think that's a great call. And so let me. Let's build on that for just a second. So we've talked about some of the healthier ones right now. What are some of those foods that are going to be at these holiday events typically that are stay away from them? Just put on the blinders, walk right past them. 
let someone else eat them. And once again, I think that is depending on where your goals are at, right? Because once again, if you're just going into it, how do I manage it? I am a big fan of just telling people, hey, it is one day, it is one meal, have what you want, right? But you got to get back on track. But just like in, in life, where we get in trouble a lot of times in the diet, those, those simple processed foods, right? So that's where we're going to get into a lot of trouble when you have those desserts that is a lot of added sugar, and then there could be a lot of added fat to it, right? So you're not only getting the sugar in there, but you're also getting that fat in, right? Because that's what's going to really spike up those glucose levels, drop those glucose levels, and make us crave more. I think it depends on where you're at with your goals and what you want to do. I'm okay if, hey, you want to have some desserts, leave it at that. And then move on. But also if you're trying to maintain, yeah, I would stay away from those simple processed carbohydrates is where a lot of people get in trouble. Because you eat a lot of them, right? You can eat a lot. They just go. And they flow and they taste good. And so let me ask that. Is there something in those foods that make you want to keep eating them? Is there a sugar? What is it that makes you want to just keep coming back for more? It's a double whammy, right? Because we have to understand what makes foods taste good is sugar and fat. Yeah, so if you really think about the foods that like taste really good, they have simple sugar and they have fat. That's a great point. Right? It's not one or the other. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. You know, if you have a salad dressing, you know, it tastes good. It's oil, right? It tastes good, mm-hmm. right? Or if you have fruit, it tastes good because it's just a carbohydrate. But when you really combine something like one of my favorites for Christmas, it'll be the Reese tree. Oh, yeah. Right? No doubt. It's a fat and the chocolate. Right. Yeah. It's a sugar and a fat. It tastes really the double good. whammy. It's double whammy. Love it. So what happens with this is once we have one of those, it is going to kickstart our cravings for multiple different reasons. One, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. You're going to have this increase in your blood glucose levels. The pancreas is going to pump out this bolus of insulin for lack of better terms, which driving your blood glucose levels down. Now I'm not talking about diabetic ranges of up and down. I'm just talking about normal ups and downs. Well, when our blood sugar starts getting low, our body tells us. We need to eat more. Feed it. Yep. Eat it, right? And we crave more of that glucose, right? We crave more of that carbohydrate that we just have. So that's one way that eating those foods are making us crave the others. Mm-hmm. The other way is it excites our brain. Okay. Simple as that, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not in the camp of saying that, you know, simple sugar and fat is on the same level as quote unquote cocaine. You will see some of those people out there that cite those articles that says sugar is like a step below as far yeah. as excitement. Right. But that's another is it makes us feel good. Absolutely. Right. And that we want that as a human being, like when we have success, right. You know, and, and as you need a lot of financial stuff. So I'll just say it look quick. If the stock market goes up, we, we feel good. Right. If I, if I look at my stocks and there's a no doubt about right, it, right. There's, there's a $5,000 growth overnight. I get excited. Absolutely. Right. That is a feel good feeling because of something that occurred. Yeah. It's the same way when we eat these simple sugars. You know, we have this excitement. We feel good. So then, once again, we want that. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, ladies and gents. It is truly enjoy the day. The key is to get back on track the next day. As simple as that sounds, it can be difficult because of these reasons we're talking about. Well, Jerry, are there any good strategies out there to really manage those cravings for those high-calorie, sugary foods or fatty foods during this season? I think everybody's different. Right. You might be the person that just needs to not consume that. Mm-hmm. Just stay away from it. Right. You may be that person. Other people I'd say, Hey, have it with dinner. Right. Try not to have those by themselves. Right. Okay. Go ahead and have, like we talked about earlier, go ahead and make that plate full of the, the turkey, make it full of the broccoli casserole, 
make it full of the, the Brussels sprouts we talked about. Then have a little bit of your treats afterwards. Because then what happens is all that food, the protein, the veggies are in your stomach. You put that sugar on top of it. We don't have that fast, fast digesting of sugar. Okay. If you do choose to just have them on that day, you know what I would get up the next day and is go out and move. Get out and move. Eat a breakfast that would be high in protein the next day, right? Kind of lower in carbohydrate. Just rip the band-aid off because you will see this. You have those sugary foods. You crave them the you next day. Them. No doubt about yes. it. So, you know, it's kind of like know that that's common. Get up and attack it by having a high-protein, high-vegetable breakfast, right? So maybe an egg omelet. And then just really knowing that, okay, I could have some cravings here. And get out and move. That is, yeah. that is what I would tell most people to do. And as, as we're sitting here talking about it, something I'm thinking about is making sure that I have a written plan probably for the next day. I think we all know that which gets written gets done. So if we write down, okay, here's what my meals are going to be. I'm going to go for a walk at 6.37 in the morning, whatever it happens to be. I'm going to do whatever my exercise is. If you go to the gym, you're going to go to the gym at this time and making sure that it's written down so that one, your brain already processed it, that you're going to do it. And two, you have something to hold yourself accountable to, to get back on track. Cause you've mentioned that a couple of times. Don't let it become a slide. I like that. It's almost like a contract with yourself. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And, and, you know, making that, and I call it minimize the rebound, draw a line in the sand, get back on track, you know, don't flatten the other three tires, like whatever exactly. analogy resonates with the listener. But I really like that. And what typically happens is this. It is so good and why so many people start their New Year's resolution, their diet January 1st, because that is very simple for us to know that it's a turning point. There's a line in the sand. There's a line in the sand. It's a turning point, right? Versus like we should have, we should build that in ourselves, right? And and just think about this, you know, once again for me, right? I'm on track. I'm eating well right now. I know I'm going to have some candy on Halloween, right? I know it's not a holiday. You're looking at me, but it's going to be my holiday. You know, like Halloween. It works for you. It works for me, right? So I'm going to have some candy. I'm right back on track the next day. And then from there until Thanksgiving, right? I'm on track, Mm -hmm. right? That's the contract I have with myself. Thanksgiving, I will enjoy, you know, what is there, right? A little bit different year because we're living, you know, in a different state. Like, I don't know what's going to be there, right? I don't necessarily crave anything. Thanksgiving is generally fairly easy for me. But hey, I'm going to get right back on track the next day. Then... Christmas rolls around. That was a little different for me. I personally will give myself kind of a 48 hours. Okay. Right. Because leading into Christmas Eve, we generally have party. It's a little sure. more of the alcohol there than it is the sweets, but I'll allow myself there than, than the day. But December 26th is my January 1st That's for, it. for most people. hundred percent. Right. I don't wait. I love that you brought up yeah. that point And I would tell the listeners, you got to draw your days. Do not sink into just letting it be because what will happen is Halloween gets Halloween or Thanksgiving, whatever your first holiday is. And then you're like, well, I'll just wait until January 1st Mm -hmm. to get back on track. So, Jeremy, we've talked a little bit about the food, portion control, alternatives. And we've talked about minimizing that rebound. What about any mindset strategies, any tricks of the trade that you've seen work for people in your 20 years you've been helping folks like this? Um, so a couple of things in the winter, we just have to think about depending on where you live at, you know, the weather's going to be turning, right? So it's going to be getting colder weather and there we're going to look at, okay, 
sunlight. Is that going to go away, right? So if our sunlight's going to go away, I'd start thinking about how can I get it? So if I normally walk the dog in the morning, I get a little bit of sunlight first thing because I walk the dog. But when the weather changes and the, the time changes, and I don't get that. Do I need to maybe schedule a break at work to go outside yeah. for a nice little 10 minute walk? If you listen where it's really cold, I'm saying 10 minutes, right? Sure. Just get out and get that sun on your face yeah. um, from that aspect. Also during the winter months, you know, we're just not out as much. We might not be moving as much in our daily activity. And the last call, I think we, we talked about like one of the things I recommend everybody is 45 to 60 minutes of walking a day. That may decrease. So you may have to look at, okay, do I need to walk a little bit more inside of my office? Right. Do I need to walk 20 minutes before my workout maybe to make up for that movement that I'm yeah, not getting? That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So it's like taking some of the habits you've built that you've been successful with. And maybe just being able to rearrange those and add them to other habits that you already have yeah. in place. And that is the biggest thing. I do see people's overall daily activity decrease a little bit during the winter months. The gym usually stays the same, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, how can we make sure that we're not losing out on that daily activity? You mentioned walking. Yeah. What other exercise opportunities or just activity opportunities have you seen successful during the winter months? Because to your point, I think that's an area where that's an easy one to give away. It, it's yeah. cold. I don't want to go outside and walk. I'm not cutting the yard anymore where, you know, I was getting some steps in, burning some calories. What are some of these things that maybe we can do over the winter months to help us stay on track? I mean, if you live in, hopefully, you know, if you live in an area where maybe outdoor sports, like cross-country skiing or, or downhill skiing, if you're living in an area that you can do winter sports and, and winter activities, like definitely go do that, okay. right? I think that's something, you know, that we could look at doing. But it also might be something, as we talk about, I know you guys do a really good job on the podcast, just talking about different wellness, right? So financial wellness, you know, look at like, you know, mental resiliency, right? Learning new skills. So this, I think this is where we can literally look at an opportunity to learn a new skill. Okay. So maybe it's, and I'm, do we do pickleball inside or is that racquetball? Pickleball's outside, racquetball's in. I think. I think you can do it both. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe yeah, there's a court. Yeah, both. Yeah. yeah. But maybe picking up a new sport or maybe going and doing it's a great idea. spinning class, doing something that is a new thing to you because that will stimulate your mind also. So I think that's a double whammy as, as, you know, I'm aging. I'm really starting to think about like, how do I stay sharp? Not only physically, but also mentally, right? And, we, and we've heard this for ages, like do crossword puzzles. Yeah. Got it. It stimulates the mind, yep. but also learning new sports. So learning how to swing a racket, mm -hmm. right? Learning how to jump rope. If you never jumped rope, Got right? It. Like yeah. those are things that I would probably encourage you to do during those winter months because it's a skill. It will challenge you, but it's also that physical movement. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. That's something I've never thought of. You know, is okay. This is some downtime. Let's let's find a new sport, a new activity, pick up. Not only helping your body, but you're exercising your mind there as well. Jeremy, you mentioned that our, our habits obviously change during the winter months, and that could be our eating habits, our exercise habits. What supplements are out there that might be good to help offset? some of these holiday meals and a change yeah. of activity. Awesome. I think it's a great question. Remember with supplements, I always look at it as I call it the George Strait song, right? If you remember, check yes or no. Absolutely. Right? Like that. King, George Strait. Yes. Like, so you, know, you think about when you ask me, hey, Jeremy, should I take a supplement? I just look at it as always like, I'm going to ask more questions, yeah. right? So the one that we mentioned earlier and is a big one for most people that I would almost ethically 
feel comfortable just as a blanket recommendation that we should take vitamin D during the winter months. Makes sense. Right. You know, because we're not getting sunlight. Our, yeah. We generally see vitamin D drops. That's what you see an uptick come February in effective seasonal disorder. That's the first one that comes to mind, right? Because the question is, if you come to me as a client, you know, November, and it's like, hey, Jeremy, should I take vitamin D? Then I start asking questions. Hey, Tony, are you getting any sunlight right now? Right. And the answer is probably going to be no. No. Right? So, cool. We probably need to take some vitamin D, right? You know, so those are some things that I would think about. So vitamin D definitely. And then I start looking at, all right, seasonal foods. So we know, okay, during the winter months for most people, unless you're living in a tropical area, you are not getting fresh fruits and veggies. No, not, not here in St. Louis at least. Right. Like mid, midwet, like you're not yeah, getting right. Right. I got a better chance now living in Florida. Yeah. I think you got to fight the shot. Yeah, I got to fight, you know, to get a little bit more citrus fruits or just to be closer to where they're going to be shipped in from. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So. My mind starts going there that I would probably during the winter months recommend like Opti Greens, Opti Reds, a reds and green powder, probably more for a multiple two reasons. Okay. One, because I think we would just have a decrease in our produce consumption in general. Yeah. Okay. Second, we talk about overindulging a little bit on these four days that we're sure. talking about, right? Then something like Opti Greens with the probiotics, the digestive enzymes inside of that is going to aid aiding that gut health. Right. It'll help with those sugar cravings that we talked about. Yep. So doubling up on something like Opti Greens after our consumption of, uh, okay. so kind of after our big bolus of food sure. on Thanksgiving dinner, we watch a little bit of football games after we go for that 15, 20 minute walk. Right. Yeah. Um, then we'll maybe do some Opti Greens at night to help with the digestion of that food. And that will also help with the cravings next day. So those are the big three that I think that would come seasonally for me in the winter would be our vitamin D and then the OptiGrains and the reds. And so, Jeremy, that, that's an interesting point because for a couple of years now, I've been taking first forms, OptiGreens, OptiReds, and I take those at night. When you're having these bigger meals, does it make sense to um, take them before the meal or after the meal, or does it not matter at all? I mean, I, I would probably say if we're looking to optimize, knowing, you know, once again, especially with the optigrams with the digestive enzymes, you know, in there, I would do a serving before and then a serving after, right? Okay. It's just going to help with the bloating. You know, we've all been there. We've all ate the, the holiday foods that we've discussed, you know, so far, and you've been bloated, you don't feel as good. So I think those are, are some options, right? Especially if you're, excuse me, if you've been on the fence of trying, you know, something like that, this would be a good time to try it, right? Because, you know, yeah. once again, being 100% honest with yourself, how much produce are you consuming, right? Are we going to have some things over the next quarter maybe that you don't have? Yes. The answer is yes there. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the, the when we start talking about supplements, it's just going down that list and asking ourselves yes or no on whether we should take, you know, certain supplements. And those are the big three, I think, you know, when you ask about winter time and holiday time that really come to mind. And I, I think... For those folks that haven't taken any supplements as far as the greens and the reds, unless you have some sort of health condition that wouldn't allow it, I don't know if those even exist. Where I'm definitely getting outside of my lane here. But if I go a day without taking greens and reds, I can tell the difference in the way my skin feels, the bloating. It is an absolute game changer on how you feel. Yeah, and I think it's something like, let's just use an example, like, and you guys know, yes, I'm, I'm a rescue dietitian, which makes me a healthcare professional. But when I, and I mentioned this earlier, maybe some of the listeners called it like when, when I say 
And I have no idea who listened to this, right? I don't see their blood work. I don't know what their background. I can't ask you questions and you answer me. But the supplements I feel ethically comfortable as a blanket statement recommending to people is a multivitamin, a omega-3 fatty acid, and magnesium, right? And I feel ethically uncomfortable based on what data is out there as far as deficiencies in those. Then I would tell people, hey, next time you have a physical done, have your vitamin D checked because most people are low in vitamin D, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my spiel. After that, everything is a individualized supplement. But what I can tell you with reds and greens, it's almost like your omega-3 fatty acids. You start taking them, you feel good, and you, you don't realize you feel good. Absolutely. You don't realize the, the joints don't hurt as much. Yeah. You just don't realize you decrease that inflammation by taking yeah. those omega-3s until you stop. And it's kind of the same way when we start taking the reds and greens, right? Yeah. You feel much better. Sometimes it's very noticeable if someone's like bloated all the time and they start taking them. Then yes, they're just like, man, these are awesome. I don't, I don't yeah. bloat anymore. You know, there's a big difference there. But for most people, it's like, yeah, I feel good. And they don't notice it till they stop taking it. So I think that's a yeah. very good point. Yeah. And this actually just reminded me, I have to stop on my way home or maybe I can just go to the warehouse, but I'm out of my full mega, which is uh, my omega three from first foreman, the opti greens as well. So I got to restock. I I guess that's a good thing. At least I'm taking them. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy, when we're looking at reasons that people eat, we've all heard stress eating and I guess just managing the emotions around it. What tips or tricks have you seen work for people to help manage or really prevent from digging in and getting into that stress eating mentality during the holidays? Well, and and remember, I think stress eating is its normal phenomenon, right? What I'm saying is like, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you wrong. It is just something that you need to realize and be able to self-analyze that you are doing it, right? Remember what we talked about earlier with those simple sugars that we talked about. Those foods excites our brain. It makes us feel good. Okay. So a lot of times, a lot of people are coping with some of the stresses in life, coping with some of the depressions in life with food. That is very common. Okay. So first, you know, what I would say there is don't beat yourself up if that is, that is you. Okay. You know, what I would say is recognizing it is one of the first things to fix it. Okay. And then what I, what I look at is, okay, what are some other things that we can replace? Because, you know, we talk about building on habits, right? So, for example, if someone's struggling with their water, I'm going to recommend, let's just say it's Tony struggling with his water. I'm going to recommend Tony drink 60 ounces of water every day or every time he brushes his teeth. Right? Because that's a habit that I know he does. Yeah. Right? I know he brushes his teeth twice a day. So, if I can get him to just add drinking water when he brushes his teeth, what I'm doing there is I'm trying to take a habit that's already in place and build another one. It's a great point. Okay. So if we are open to ourselves and we're very self-aware of I'm stressed and I'm, I go for the M&Ms or I go for fill in the blank. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're already, that's a habit that's in place and you're now self-aware that it's occurring. Mm-hmm. You can then, instead of going for the M&Ms, yeah. go for a walk, do some deep breathing. Just replace it. Replace yeah. it. Correct. So what we're going to do is we're going to take this phenomenon that we've learned and know that we're not a bad person. And and a lot of people struggle with this, but we're there. We're going to catch ourselves and then replace it. And for some people, I've had them replace it just with healthier foods. Yeah. Hey, go crunch on carrots. Yes. Right. Cucumbers. Cucumbers. Something like, that. something like that is just very low in calorie. It's the same habit. It gets it, you know, and then what we're going to do is we're going to slowly try to replace that emotional eating 
with something else that has a little bit more positive benefit, right? Because, yeah. hey, we all get stressed. Absolutely. Where does, how do we manage it, right? And what, what it is, if you're an emotional leader, you're managing it with food. We're going to try to manage it in a healthier way. That's a great point. And you talked about setting some of these goals and having some of these goals. And as we get into the holiday season, a lot of people are going to have create a New Year's resolution. Most people losing weight is going to be one of those primary things that they have on that um, New Year's resolution. Sadly, fewer than 20% of the people that make resolutions actually keep them. What can we do to stick with our resolutions of eating well and losing weight? Well, I think what we just kind of covered of building on other habits, right? So that's one of the biggest things that I think. And and at the end of the day, we are a reflection of our last 90 days of habits, right? I mean, that that is true. Whether we're talking financial wellness, whether we're talking mental wellness, whether we're talking spiritual wellness, whether we're talking uh, nutritional wellness, right? We are what we've done over the nine days of habits, right? Mm-hmm. And so first and foremost, what I would say is New Year's resolutions is goal for the year, mm-hmm. right? So yes, yeah, set your goals for the year and then set your goals for the quarter. Yeah, Set your goals for the month and then have these hard resets just like we do on New Year's Eve. Yeah, We just have to, and we, we talked about this earlier, we got these hard resets, this deal with ourselves after Thanksgiving dinner that we're getting back on track the next right. day. Yep. So I'm going to have these times of the year where I sit back and I'm like, okay, how am I doing with the goals that I set at the beginning of the year? And and I'm okay. I've never in the past five years that I've really dialed this in as setting goals. I have not achieved all my goals that I make at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I have not achieved all that. Yeah. But I've achieved most of them and I have progressed over the last five years. Yes. And I'm okay with that. I sit back and look and one of the ones I'm not going to achieve this year is date nights with my wife. Right. Because we, I mean, we, we, listen, we moved across country, yeah. right. We yeah. both started new jobs. Like it has been very hectic and busy. Right. So I'll look at them and be like, okay, how do I fix that? How do I go in and we, we change that? So we're already, you know, looking at, we got a babysitter, right. Yeah. Already lined up. Yeah. So once we move into our new house, we're going to adjust the babysitter schedule where, all right, we're going to add in those date nights. Mm-hmm. We're going to start adding in. And what's funny is we do this, and I'm going off subject a little bit with this, but but not really. Like we do this in life and for our businesses, right? We have weekly meetings, mm-hmm. we have quarterly reviews. Okay. I'm going to have a quarterly review with my wife. There you go. We're going to go somewhere every quarter for a weekend that's just us, no kids. I think that's great. And we're going to sit down and just do a quarterly review of where are we at with our goals. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing when we set these New Year's resolutions. Hey, the reason only 20% stick with it is because we all fail. We all have a bad day. Yeah, It's just getting back on track. So what I would tell you is don't be perfect, but make sure you have these, in military we'll call it a backstop, right? That's available that, hey, if I overshoot my turn, right? I've got this backstop that, all right, Jeremy, hey, reassess what you're doing, you know, and then readjust, yeah. right? And I think that's going to be important for people to do on those New Year's resolutions. Yeah, there's some great information there. And I'm a big believer that the mind actually is, in control of the body. And so we're focusing on our weight or losing weight and our nutrition. But I believe if we fix the mind a little bit and make that the focus, a lot of this will actually fall in place. You know, when we first got connected and I started building my relationship with first form, it was through the 75 hard program, which is a mental discipline program. And it was 75 days accomplishing the critical task and 
a lot of those things that are taught in the program, that are requirements of the program, are carrying with me today, both in my personal life, my professional life, but it flows right through to my nutrition and fitness journey as well. Yeah, I have become more of a, a habit instructor, mm-hmm. professor, teacher, fill in the blank of the terminology. Because, you know, what I learned, and, and maybe as a dietitian early on, I was about the, the game plan. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the game plan. If you follow the game plan, you're going to have success. Do the game plan. Yep. And what I realized is, yes, people would have success on the game plan, but if they didn't stick to the habits, there was always the pendulum swing, right? Mm-hmm. Once we stop those, if, if I'm doing X, Y, or Z to produce results, and I stop doing X, Y, or Z, then a lot of times that pendulum swings back the other way. So we see that when we set our New Year's resolutions is we stick with it for X amount of weeks, X amount of months, but we don't focus on the habits, right? And I would ask you to do this, right? And this is where I think so much, and I think it's why you and I get along well in the sense of having conversations and, you know, be able to throw ideas off each other, even though our businesses are two different lanes, yeah. they're not two different lanes. No. Because it's the behaviors Absolutely. that you change to have success in the quote unquote, fitness, nutritional world and the financial world. It's the same. You're focused on habits day in and day out because you can get a $50,000 raise, but if you're not on a budget, absolutely. That's right? the foundation. Yeah. And if you don't have these habits yeah. into place, yeah. then you're not going to have long-term success, yeah. right? That's what I love about the relationship of financial wellness and our quote, fitness and nutritional wellness is I think there's so much parallel that is in those two things. Well, and right now, we're here at the First Form World Headquarters, right? And as I'm pulling in the parking lot, one of your colleagues is out walking around yeah. the building, returning messages on the First Form app to the, their clients and customers. You came in here in the meeting room to meet with me, and you had a protein stick. <laughs> and so it's figuring out those little ways to have the right habits, and stay on track. And the app's a great way to do it. 100%. And I think those are, it just becomes habits, right? And before our podcast, I had a meeting with a dean of the university over their exercise program, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, hey, I've got a 30-minute slot today. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. So we walk for 30 minutes, yep. right? Having our conversation, talking about opportunities, how we can build, maybe help each other, not only in the academic setting, but also in the, the military setting. And, and those just become habits, right? Yeah. If I went back, let's just say 10 years ago, I would have never scheduled a meeting walking. walking. Yeah. Right. But now that to me is, is norm. And mm-hmm. that's how we, we do things because I'm able to get those steps in. And I have done, so I'm at 18,000, almost 19,000 steps today. I did do a purpose walk this morning. Mm-hmm. Right. But other than that, there's not been like a, a purpose workout. Yeah. Right. So yes, I, I like to start my day. I walk my dog this morning for 30 minutes, but other than that, it's just been, normal work day yeah. and I'm almost at, you know, I'll finish the day with 20,000 steps. And I think that's where, the, where we talk about those habits that are coming into play. And that's what increases that likelihood of having success on those new year's resolutions. Yeah, Jeremy, that's, there's a lot of great advice in there and great guidance. So obviously I think everyone's going to get a lot of value out of this. I know I certainly have. And as a member of your team here and yep. you working with our associates at Green Up Wealth, where can folks find you on social media? I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram primarily. So Instagram, I'm Jeremy or at Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot D dot Mullins. 
And then on Facebook, it's just Jeremy Mullins. And shameless plug, or, or I don't call it shameless, it's still a great deal to work with me, right? You can download the First Form app. And if you download the First Form app, you can add me as your advisor slash coach via the email jeremy at firstform.com. And First Form is the number one S-T-P-H as in hotel, O-R-M as in mary.com. And that's where we have a lot of parallels between the mission of First Form and the mission of Green Up. And it is truly about total wellness and it is about positively impacting people's 100%. lives. And I think it's a great partnership that we have with you. And if any of our clients are interested in building this partnership and relationship with Jeremy and First Form, please reach out to your wealth advisor and we can get you connected through the partnership that we have. We would love to have you join us on this journey. So Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. I know it's crazy when you're here at HQ, when you're in St. Louis again. So carving off some time for us today, I greatly appreciate it. I'm so grateful for the impact you're having on my team, me, and just the whole First Form community as well. Well, I always enjoy it. I love educating. And as I joked earlier, coming back for a second time means that, A, it must be putting some good stuff out there. People must not have, uh, threw, do we throw rotten tomatoes at my podcast? How do they, you know, how they, how they rate this? Duck. Duck. Okay. Yeah. Like, so it must be the information is being accepted and, and people are implementing it. And I enjoy it. Like that is, I feel like my calling to life is educating and doing it in a podcast format and getting into it, maybe a, a community or culture that, wouldn't have the opportunity to see me through different avenues. I'm always grateful for. So I appreciate you having me on today. So in summary, portion control, substitute the right foods, give yourself some leeway to enjoy life a little bit. Don't let it become a slide. Don't get too far down the path. If you do get off and you, you fall off the bike, dust yourself off, get right back on that next day with supplement, maybe add some Opti Greens or Opti Reds some vitamin D during this time and get some movement, maybe pick up a new habit with your exercise, be it a, a new sport or something like that. Yep. And then just, like I said, depending on your goals, like, Hey, enjoy yourself and then just get right back on track. So on behalf of Jeremy Mullins from first form, the entire team at green up wealth, I'm Tony Schmidt. Thank you for joining us today. Green Up Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed are our own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. 